And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. That good, huh? And actually, today is probably the, the, the best day of the week. But it's it's been a rough week, Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Ah, uh, well, uh, exactly how rough, DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews? How, how rough has it been? Uh, I didn't go to work on Monday, which mm. is the day we recorded the list. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know you were home all day that day. I was. And then... Were you home on that all day that day? No, no, okay. I, I worked all this week. Uh, and then I went to work Tuesday, and I think I went to work Wednesday, and then I was up at like midnight last night, just feeling like I had a brick in my intestines. It was the same kind of pain I remember having when I had my appendix out. Which oh, is, great! Which is fantastic. So I'm Wait. like. Oh, so when you said you were out on Monday, you weren't out sick. You just got sick today. No, I was out sick Monday, and it's been kind of like oh. it, it, it's just been there. I see. And it it sort of went came to a uh, a head today. You could say like it, yeah. It, so I stayed home. Or I stayed home today too. So in preparation for our two podcasts this week, I DC Matthews at the DC Matthews stayed home. Excellent, excellent. I worked. Uh, you know, somebody has to be the breadwinner in this particular duo. Well, you've you've got finals coming up. I'm sure there are, you know, are there final labs? Is there like a cumulative lab assignment sort for of. some of these courses? We do a uh, a we do two lab practical exams each semester. One at the midway point, one at the very end, which are cumulative up to that point. So the um. So, yes, we do have, like, a final exam where students have to demonstrate practical skills as well as knowledge of the various concepts that were taught in the weekly lab sessions. So give me an example of a practical concept. As someone who took very minimal science labs and didn't do well in any of them, what would be an example of a practical skill that they would need in a lab setting? Okay. Um, so the, ty- the kinds of practical skills that we focus on in this particular course – uh, are things that you may need to use in future lab courses or, or could be of use to you in a research setting. Uh, so specifically, we try to focus on common pieces of equipment and making sure they have an ability to use them for their intended purpose. So for as a specific example, Thank you. we would have a question where <clears throat> they have to maybe calculate how to make a dilution using, say, water and a dye of some kind, some sort of colored indicator. And so they would first do that calculation, and then they would have to actually use like a micropipette or a serological pipette to actually manipulate, uh, you know, liquid volumes to actually then create the solution that they calculated how to make. And then, you know, we might have them, depending on the test, we might have them then read that in a spectrophotometer and you can tell whether or not they've, you know, created the solution correctly based off of what sort of absorbance reading they get out of the spectrophotometer. Because, again, you have this dye stock solution, and if they've made it correctly, then you should get an absorbance within a certain reading that we, you know, make a key for. So I heard all of that, 
And the only thing I could think of is you're teaching potions at Hogwarts. Like, you're making the solution and you're diluting yeah. it and it has to meet certain qualifications. Yeah, I mean, we want to make sure that you are able to accurately and precisely manipulate volumes of liquids, uh, particularly very small volumes, which is what a micropipetter is for. We're talking, you know, microliters, which are a thousand times smaller than a milliliter. Um, so how big? Just by show of fingers that no one will be able to. So we're talking very like small. Like very small. Smaller. Like millimeters. How do you use them? Like, okay, I've got large fingers. So how does one – is the bulb a little bigger at least? Oh, oh. I, no, I thought you were talking about like the height of that volume of liquid. No, I'm talking about a micropipette. Like I remember oh, like a very okay. small like – No, no. The micropipette itself is probably – uh, you know, it's tall as a pencil, maybe a little, little bit taller. Sure. And, you know, it's got a big cylinder that you can grip, and there's a plunger at the top, which is where you actually, yep. you know, do the manipulations. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a fairly sizable object, I'd say. Yeah, but it's smaller than a turkey baster is what you're saying. Yeah, I would say so. A okay. turkey baster is more like um, a very large serological pipette, something that you might use to, you know, move anywhere between one and uh, 25 milliliters of a liquid, whereas, uh, like, anything larger than that, you would probably use a graduated cylinder, mm -hmm. uh, which might be, depending on the size yeah. of the graduated cylinder. You're taking me to back to high school. Liters. Yeah, you're welcome. Will yeah, so that's, like, one Will example. Will there be beakers involved? Yeah, there may be. Do you um, still use Bunsen burners, or is that, like, not a thing anymore? Bunsen burners are still a thing in specific classes. Like, it's very common to see in probably... Um, maybe an organic chemistry class where you need a source of heat, and it'd be very common in a microbiology lab where you need to sterilize um, equipment, tools, and things for moving, you know, again, microorganisms around onto sterile media. Um, but in my particular class, it's pretty uncommon that you would use something like that. Sure. Okay. I'm just thinking back to what I remembered using in my various science classes and yeah. beakers. Like another practical question might be, you know, um, use a microscope. Like, so here's a slide. I sure. want you to focus on this object on the slide. I want you to get it at high magnification, and I want you to move the stage around so that the reticle is pointing at a specific structure on the object. You know what I mean? So, again, mm -hmm. you're practically showing that you know how to use a microscope actually be able to get into focus so, so forth so is there are there multiple TAs who are there kind of proctoring and watching them do this like how sort of like i i get by the spec i'm going to say it wrong the spectrometer was that the right thing um this is a spectrophotometer but okay it, a lot of times people call them spectrometers um you know because then if then if difference. you know if you get a certain number to write down so that my question would be how do you prove that the person has the reticle at the proper place yeah uh so that does require an active proctor to actually observe um what the student has done so in that case yes they'd have to call the ta over they would look through the microscope and confirm uh, that they have completed the task as described. And then they would have, typically what I do is I, I give them like a spreadsheet where they can write down the student's name and then sure. they can quickly just sort of check off, is it in focus? Yes. Is it the correct magnification? Yes. Is it on the correct structure? Yes. So they can just sort of quickly go check, check, check okay. and move the student along. 
interestingly enough, we have very similar, you know, I use spreadsheets like that for similar things. Again, are they, you know, writing the equation properly? Are they doing the addition properly? Yeah. But, okay. Well, all right then. And um, and then I, I'm sure we've covered this, but are you prepping for intercession? Do you get – I know you're going to take some time off over the holiday, but do things kind of slow down for a few weeks before you're picking back up for January? Um, That's a relative term. I would say that, yes, I guess they slow down a bit in that – there's no active classes. I don't have students knocking down my door asking me to put out fires, you know, literally and figuratively sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, we. I'm still very busy. For example, next semester we're going to be implementing a new software platform for the online portion of the course. So I'm currently working on converting basically all of my course materials uh, into this new software platform, figuring out how it works. So I'll be able to train, uh, you know, the graduate students to actually then use this software uh, to teach the classes. So uh, my, my work just sort of, it doesn't really slow down per se. It just sort of changes focus for a bit. And I, again, I'm sure we've covered this too, but you really sound when you describe this, like you are at the top of the pyramid for for this like you know this major research one university you know it's got its president and it's got its provost and then there's doc manson like right there <laughs> third tier no i mean i don't e i'm not even administration i'm i'm just one of the peons like everyone else i don't know the way you I say just it, have you... my own little corner. You know, I've got my one little program that I'm in charge of. and you, you become the lord of that particular fief, I think is what I'm saying. Is, is I guess you carved, so. You've carved this out and you are the baron of, of this. Ex I mean, except I think to be, to be royalty as you're, as you're describing, I think would suggest that I have certain perks, but I'm not really sure any of those actually exist. Um, well... Maybe that's true, but you got to work on it. You're you're building your fiefdom. You have these people who are can working for you. Oh, there we I go. I can still see you. My screen went black and it wasn't yeah. coming back. But no, here it is. I could still see you. It was just dark. All right. It was mood lighting. Um. Well, all right. I'm glad to hear that. Yes, I'm looking forward to going back to work because I know I only have about five days or so, and then it is the holiday break. How long do I you get off? Um, we're done midway through the day next Friday, and we go back to school, I believe, the second. What so, you're saying is, we now have a week to put together whatever the DDT Awards is going to be this year, because yeah. we have done zero prep up until now. To be fair, I do very little prep for the DDT Awards anyways. I usually just come over... To be fair, what I'm saying is you may need to take a more active role this year, because... I have and no then, immediate plans to change. Well, the then I started, and then I started talking about the DDT poll, and we have some emails. We have, as of right now, uh, a baker's dozen emails. A baker's dozen. Now, granted, this this week, you know, I'm still counting it, but we have some doubles. Some people sent us multiple emails, which I don't mind. But I don't care. There's 13 um, emails sitting there in my inbox. So, uh, but yes, the DDT poll, the DDT awards, all sorts of things are happening um you know i'll be traveling for parts of the holiday but i should be around i definitely will have time 
to make sure we get some sweet, sweet Aww. DDT awards. I, How nice of I you know, to, to make sure you have some time to, to, to dedicate. I know that you would love me to just move into the spare bedroom for that week so we could just record, like, consistently and just be singing, you know, Christmas carols all year long. Yeah, all that sounds long. like an ideal time to me. We need to start, you know, getting multicultural about this. Are there good Kwanzaa songs? Are there good? Well, there's there are a handful of good Hanukkah songs, but we'll have to look at. You're into asking that. the wrong person. Podcast at ddtwrestling.com, <clears throat> and uh, the email address is ddtwrestling. And Doc Manson, I do want to actually talk some wrestling with you because it's been a little while. Why? And and there is a pay per view coming up this weekend. Is it's, there? It's TLC. Oh, okay. And I just want to I want to take some time every so often just to remind you of what you're missing. And so I have the card all 12 matches. Is this that are a 4 hour to, show or what? All pay-per-views are 4 hours. It's the big ones that are 5 to 6 hours. Really? All the pay-per-views start at 7 o'clock now? Yes. Pre-show at 6. Yes. I made the right decision. <laughs> all right. In no particular order. Okay. I'm just, I'm going straight down the Wikipedia page. Uh, the finals of so the what mixed... you're saying is there is a particular order. It's the order that was determined by whoever entered these matches into the Wikipedia page. I suppose that is exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Go ahead. I'm reserving the right to skip around. But um, in the finals of the Mixed Match Challenge Season 2... Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in this match, let me say the stipulation first. The winning team gets the honor of being the 30th entrant in their respective Royal Rumbles. Awesome. So the, the winning team. So uh, team number one is the Fabulous Truth, which is our truth and Carmella. Right. Yeah. And they will be taking on the team of Ma Alicia, Alicia Fox and Jinder Mahal. Again, winning team gets to be 30th in their Royal Rumbles. The only way that this works out to anybody's entertainment. I know exactly what you're going to say, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, is when our truth <laughs> shows up as the 30th entrant in the women's Royal Rumble match and just yep. acts really confused. Yeah. All right. Uh, in one of the major matches, a it, there are a lot of gimmick matches in this pay-per-view, but this is not one of them. In just a regular old match for the Intercontinental Championship, the Intercontinental Champion, who I'm not even going to ask you who it is, it's Seth Rollins. Sure. Taking so. on the man in the gas mask, Dean Ambrose. Well, that's a development. Dean Ambrose wears a gas mask now, huh? I, I don't know if he does he does it regularly, but he totally came out to cut a promo in, like, a brown leather jacket with, like, a furry... So, totally Tom Hardy Bane. He, yeah, he's he's kind of Baning it up. Okay. I mean, you know, that worked for uh, Seth Rollins. Sort of, like, casually looking like Iron Man from time to time, so... Yeah. All right. Uh, a TLC match. Tender Love um, and Care match? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Now, this is Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin. 
Braun Strowman is cleared to wrestle again? That's the question, is the match is happening regardless because Baron Corbin would like to take the forfeit because if he wins, he becomes the permanent general manager of Raw. If Braun oh Strowman, if Braun Strowman happens to show up and win, he gets Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble and Corbin loses his job. I mean, that to me sounds like a no brainer. I would have Baron Corbin lose that match, but um, I have no faith that's how it would actually go. Yeah, the uh, the you know the rumors are that yes he'll show up for some sort of squashish type thing, um, but then there's also rumors that Kurt Angle will come take his place because you know Strowman is injured. So we'll what see. if uh, Nicholas took his place? I'd watch that. I mean, former tag partners, so it's true. They have a certain camaraderie. They probably trust each other in the ring. Uh, it seems like an appropriate substitution. Mm-hmm. All right. For the Raw Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey takes on Nia Jax. Sure. Uh, In a match for the WWE Championship, champion Daniel Bryan will take on AJ Styles. That will be a good match. That's the first match I've heard that, you know, I'm like, yeah, I would watch that. Rollins versus Ambrose doesn't do anything for you? Not really. Well, then let's keep the ball rolling. But admittedly, I haven't really seen much about of Ambrose since his return. Maybe he's more interesting now. I, I, I don't know. I can't really speak to it. Sure. Let's keep the ball rolling on matches you're really going to be excited about. Finn Balor will be taking on Drew McIntyre. I believe they have wrestled 12 times in the last three weeks. It feels like they just wrestle constantly. Hmm. Well... I guess we'll finally figure out who the superior Irishman is. I think Drew McIntyre's from Scotland. He is. Okay. Uh, In a ladder match, Elias will take on Bobby Lashley. There will not be a belt, obviously, suspended. It will be Elias's guitar, and whoever gets the guitar can use it as a weapon. I would have preferred if it had been Leo Rush suspended above the <laughs> ladder. He's going to wind up in a shark cage at some point. Yeah, for sure. But you can just imagine wielding him as a weapon. I think that I, would be... I think it's great. Very entertaining. Uh, we have a triple threat tag match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Debar will be taking on the New Day and the Usos. Great. I. The match will be very good, but it's uh-huh. also one of those, like, those are the only teams, apparently, that SmackDown Live has. In a tables match, okay, Natalia will be taking on Ruby Riot. And on Raw last week, Ruby Riot took one of those big fathead stickers of Jim the Anvil Nyhart and slapped it on the table. That so I believe the, t- the, t- <laughs> the table that will be used will have the picture of her dead father. That's, you know, uh, Carney's got a carn, right? Buddy Murphy will be taking on Cedric Alexander for the cruiserweight title. On the pre-show? As of right now, all of these are on the main show, but I am sure that is going to change. Yeah, yeah no, that wasn't a question. That was a statement. <laughs> the, the last um, 
It was Survivor Series. Ali versus Murphy happened on the main show. That's awesome. Good for them. Hopefully they repeat. In a chairs match. Okay. Randy Orton. When, when you say chairs match, for some reason, I always imagine that this is a musical chairs match. That would be better. It would. It's Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio. I could watch Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio <laughs> play musical chairs. Sure. I remember watching like Ric Flair and Stacy Keebler play oh, musical yeah. chairs, and then like Ric Flair like hip checked her and she fell on the floor. Yeah, it was good. It was a good and time. In, and in what should be the main event, Asuka will take on Becky Lynch and Charlotte in a triple threat TLC match for the SmackDown Women's title. Yep, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I won't see it, of course, but that sounds like it'll be a good match. I am just saying, while neither of us approve of this, in case anyone from WWE is listening, if you would like the login information for my WWE Network subscription to change to a username or password that you know, you can let me know. Here's the thing. While I am excited in principle for this match... I also suspect that my my bay, Asuka, is only there to eat the loss. So I, I, it's hard for me to be super it's, excited. It's, it's, it's one of those things that you're not quite sure because Becky Lynch has not wrestled since her injury. She's just been out on my commentary. So it's possible that she's, you know, not going to do a whole lot. It's possible that Becky is loses the title that frees her up to go to Raw and you know win the Royal Rumble, go to Raw, challenge Ronda. There's all sorts of things. I'm you know again we're not making predictions and productions anymore. That's one that I could think could go either way. I see all three of them having a shot of winning. Oscar less so than the other two, but still. Can I just say also not watching wrestling, um, but still sort of keeping tabs on. On Reddit and the like. Sure. I'm getting pretty tired of Becky Lynch's smack talk, like on Twitter. Like, just today or yesterday, I think I saw her, you know, rebutting Corey Graves. And I was just like, don't get me wrong, like, Keenan Light, okay, yes, um, you got his number. Sick burn, yo. But at, at some point when you are spending your time like responding to the commentators on Twitter. Like, I I don't know, man. That makes me question how badass you actually are. It, it's sort of just irritating in a way. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Are you saying more like she, you know, she should just not be acknowledging these people? Probably. If she was... If she was that. But I understand her entire gimmick and this current run is predicated on, you know, her keeping the internet wrestling community sort of eating out of the palm of her hand. So, of course, she's just going to complain about everything like they do. But I, I don't know, man. Something about it I find distasteful. I I think it's different. And again, I, truth be told, have not been watching a ton of wrestling lately myself except for you know wcw from the year 2000 um so i get it i think when you're only seeing it on social media 
it kind of takes something out of it. Obviously, people are very behind her, and they love that she's smacking people down, but I'm not sure what the shelf life is on that. Yep. But having said all that, and while I, I you know, was tongue-in-cheek about some of the stipulations, I'm very much looking forward to sitting down and watching this pay-per-view. I think it's going to be pretty good. There are some matches there that are going to, <clears throat> you know, have a chance of stealing the show. The women's match, uh, Ambrose and Rollins, the triple threat tag, the cruiserweights. There are five or six matches on this card that I am looking forward to seeing. And really, that's all I ask for. So there you go. I just want I just wanted to give you give you a little update, let you know what's happening in the world because after this, we're gearing up for Royal Rumble time, and that's when you s- said you thought you'd be back. We'll see if that actually happens. I'm just just saying. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, at the moment, I I don't foresee it, but at the same time, Royal Rumble is a magical time of the year, so it's true. It's true, it's true. A very Royal Rumble. That's right. Really, you could just watch that video for like four hours. and The best probably... part is Chris Benoit is wearing a wig. <laughs> no, no, I take it back. The best part is Rey Mysterio is wearing a wig over his mask. Over his mask. Yeah. That's the best part. <laughs> All right. We have a baker's dozen emails, and given that our emails are deep and rich and wonderful, I want to devote a lot of time to them. Unfortunately... We're starting with Chris Hawk. The subject line is Christmas. What are y'all's favorite Christmas cookie? Mine are snickerdoodles. Sent for my iPhone. My dad, the champ, makes awesome cookies. And so, but he makes the same cookies for the most part anytime he makes them. So they're not Christmas cookies. Sure. Um, but a ginger snap okay. is a good You like a cookie. ginger snap that's like, you know, dry and crisp. It really has that snap that you're no. expecting. I like a ginger chew, I suppose. Oh, okay. Okay. He makes he makes a bigger cookie that is now for Thanksgiving, he bought online this special kind of finishing sugar that you sprinkle on and it was thick. It was like some crystalline sugar. That wasn't for me, it made it a little more crunchy wasn't my particular favorite, but he made them and I still ate probably half a dozen. So, (laughs) all right. What about you? Um, Mrs. Manson has a recipe for a gingerbread, um, butterscotch cookie. And those two flavors go very well together. (laughs) Hmm. I'm trying to think about it because, to be fair, I eat butterscotch so rarely I almost forget what it tastes like. I think I remember. I'm imagining the yellow hard candy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. They go very well together. That's a very good holiday cookie. Uh, I also am appreciative of an eggnog cookie, um, of course, because eggnog is wonderful. Let's Let's do a quick update. Yep. How many gallons of eggnog have you gone through this holiday season? I've still only had that one quart. Wow. Quart? Yeah, quart. Yeah, that's it. Now, I suppose, given your... Yeah, I got to limit know, it. I think I will have one more quart before this season is over, but... That, you've got time. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, just... Um, she, uh, Mrs. Manson also organizes a cookie swap um, at her place of employment around the holiday season. This year, she's making... 
She's making a few different things, um, but the one that she's already made is basically like a chocolate cookie, and the cookie itself is very soft, almost fudgy in a way, mm. which is strange for a cookie, but it's very tasty. And then fudgy. in it is um, these peppermint chocolate chunks, Giardelli style um, brand, you know, and it's very good. Very, very good. So basically anything, but... Mrs. Manson, I know you listen to this often on Fridays, sometimes while having your lunch and taking a walk, though it's been cold lately. I'm just going to say, I, DC Matthews, would like to sample one of these fudgy peppermint cookies. So if it's possible to save one for the DDT Awards, I would appreciate it. I'm not going to text you. And be like, Coco, question mark. I'm just going to throw it out there into the ether. Just letting you know. Because that sounds delicious. I also want to know what exactly, like, how many cookies do you have to make for a cookie swap? A lot. It, 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 well, it depends. It depends how many people are participating. But, you know, typically you want to be able to have, you know, enough so that every person participating gets a couple or a few of each type of cookie. So, um, for this particular cookie swap, I think maybe there's like six people and I think she's making like, I don't know, 30 of each type of cookie or something like that. So, you know, putting together little bundles. She's quite the organizer, that wife of yours. Yeah. She likes to plan. She loves planning. Okay. She loves planning. She loves baking. And she loves me. It's a trifecta. There you go. Uh, it's not a trifecta, it's a bifecta, because we have another email from Chris Hawk. I know what this one's about. The uh, subject line is, Abomination! There is a certain hawk missing from a certain someone's question marks list. Sent for my iPhone. Uh, that's false. I don't know that he's missing. He's not on there, but I don't know that he's missing. Uh, I made a list a la Cody Rhodes, tacked it up on the wall, of the people that I would like to make sure I sit down and talk to for this question mark show that I'm planning on launching in 2019. Uh, I checked off the one name of the person I've talked to. (laughs) It's possible that it'll stay on the wall completely untouched for the rest of my life. Um, But yeah, uh, Chris Hawk is not on there. I don't know. I assumed he was talking about Jeremy Renner, to be honest. Oh, maybe. Or Tony Hawk. I talked to Tony Hawk. But would you um, talk to Tony Hawk's son? Tony Hawk? Who's Tony Hawk's son's name? I believe his name is Tony Hawk. Junior? Yeah. Sure. I played a Tony Hawk skating game once upon a time in high school on like the PlayStation 1 or 2 maybe. I bet you missed you played those a, days. You ever played a skateboarding game? I don't think I did. I was. I wanted to be a skater when I was... <laughs> Middle school into high school, I wanted Jenko jeans. The champ said, you can buy them if you have your own money. And I said, great. And he said, if you buy them, I will reevaluate how much allowance you get. And then I decided not to buy them. (laughs) So he's teaching you a lesson by force. He did. He he made his point. He did not want his son rocking Jenko jeans. And, you know. For what it's worth, I think you could have rocked them hard. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't think I could have skateboarded, though. No, no, you would have died. <laughs> Listening to Mustard Plug, Less Than Jake, Mighty Mighty Boss Stones. Oh, man. I like the Boss Stones. 
Oh, ska music. (laughs) Our next email is one of two from our good buddy Glenn. This one is titled Festive Cheer. Hi, guys. I know this may be a bit insensitive to ask with DC's quote-unquote problems this week and Doc on a restrictive diet. But if you were doing a Christmas Day menu, what would you have starting with breakfast, then lunch, and finally something for the evening? Happy Holidays! Glenn. Happy holidays to you as well, Glenn. I love this uh, email. And uh, I haven't eaten a whole lot this week, I will th- I will say. But I-, I got some plans already in my head. Doc Manson, let's start with breakfast. What's, bre- what's Christmas breakfast for Doc Manson? What are you going for? Typically, I'm traveling somewhere Christmas morning. So honestly, it's probably a quick bowl of cereal and maybe a, a cup of coffee. It's not exciting, okay. but like that's what it actually well, but, but, is. But he's yeah, asking to, be is, to plan is, something, so should I plan yes. something wonderful? I would assume so. I'm going with cinnamon rolls. That's a good choice. And uh, and fresh fruit. I could go for a nice uh, challah bread French toast, I think, mm-hmm. on Christmas morning. That would be quite delicious. Maybe yep. a little bit of Nutella um, drizzled upon Very it. Very nice. Yeah, that would be nice. good. <clears throat> what about lunch? Now, in your in your house, uh, what is the big meal on Christmas? And I know Thanksgiving, it was dinner, and it was a late dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what about what about Christmas? Because Christmas is usually reserved Christmas for is, the the Manson family. Yeah, it's uh, that would be that would be like you know one o'clock probably, mm-hmm. and so yeah. that is kind of lunch and dinner all rolled into one. Like we, I don't think sure. I would have a separate lunch and dinner on Christmas Day. Do okay. You? Do you have separate meals? There's a big meal sometime in the afternoon. It usually depends on when we can get the cousins all there and ready. Um, but I have a plan for for Christmas night. Uh, but what would your what would your ideal Christmas Christmas dinner being the afternoon meal? Um. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say something that I've never had, um, but sure. I'm gonna say I would like to have a Christmas goose. I knew that's what you were gonna yeah, say. Yeah, I, I just I'm obsessed with the goose, man. I want okay. I want to try that meat. What if you don't like goose? Come on, I like chicken. I like duck. I like turkey. I'm gonna like a goose. There's no way I, I won't like a goose. True. I suppose that's true. The only fowl I've eaten that I didn't particularly like was quail. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not sure if I've had quail. I had it in Boston at a tapas restaurant. Um, it wasn't bad, but it, it just it did not taste fully cooked. Have you ever had a Cornish hen? I have not. Me neither. Well, we did do a holiday once where everyone got a little bird. That might have been a Cornish game hen. It probably was. In which case, yes. And it was just fine. I mean, I that's just a chicken, it, right? It's just meat your own myself. personal chicken. It's just chicken. a very small chicken, yes. Everyone gets their own dark meat. Mm. Um, I would go for I, I love the idea of a Christmas goose But I'll go for the traditional Meal for for us A ham Ugh. I'm yes. an anti-hamite Okay Okay. Uh, I, just, I just don't like ham It's so salty And disgusting Rub it on my face <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> uh, 
I, I just I don't like it's too salty and I, I, I don't like um I don't like the glazes and I don't want your pineapple. I don't like the ham. glazes on I, nope. We don't do any of that. It is honestly literally just a ham in the oven. And the best part is not the slices, is when you go into the kitchen, could we always do buffet style, and you just get to take the crispy outer Yeah, okay. Bit. I enjoy a nice, um, you know, dried up, burned pork rind sort. I know it's not really technically what it is, but that, no, that can but be it's, nice. It's it's more bacony. It yeah. is more kind of like, but it's um, a ham because if that's the one or you know, it's once or twice a year I will eat a ham like that kind of ham. Yeah. Um, I think that's why I'm on the goose train because I just don't want to eat ham twice a year. Sure. That's yeah. fair. Uh, we have relatives in our family with just crazy dietary. Uh, it's not restrictions. It's just they won't eat certain things. So it's ham. There's a mac and cheese my mom makes. There's usually good. like a scalloped potato. There's a big salad. There's various vegetables. So I, I would, you know, Christmas dinner at the Matthews household is pretty darn good. And it keeps you full. But you get home Christmas night, you're unpacking, you're putting everything away, you're figuring out which gifts you're going to give to somebody else later. And and around 8, 8 p.m., you get a little peckish, and that's when you call for Chinese food. Because it's the one restaurant that tends to be open, and you get yourself nothing major, but you get yourself some soup, you get yourself some rice, and, you know, you 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 ring in Boxing Day, December 26th, with, with some Chinese takeout. That would I be find, my... I find Chinese is more of a New Year's um, order for myself, but... Um, I will eat Chinese food on any day that ends in a Y, so I will order it on New Year's. And All right. Fair. I do think, I do think, depending on the plan, because we tend to start the DDT Awards early, I have to decide. I want to bring the good wonton soup to the DDT Awards, because I know GQ will like it, and I know you will like it. I might have to order it the night before and just keep it in the fridge, and we'll have to reheat it. That'll work. All right. I don't think that'll uh, harm it. Glenn, excellent email. You'll you'll be up again in, in a couple of emails. Our next one comes from Jeffrey. Subject line, hello. Hey, guys. Glad the list is back. I looked for the list online and cannot find, is it available to view? Thanks, and keep those episodes coming. And Merry Christmas, Jeffrey from Massachusetts, who doesn't have Twitter. Jeffrey is one of my favorite besties because he doesn't have Twitter. Yeah. And just like, like that's, uh, but yes, it's, I love that the beefcake shirt, if you go to ddtwrestling.com, the shop is the main thing, and there's the beefcake shirt. Have we still only sold one? Um, I believe so, although honestly, I haven't logged in in a while to look. <laughs> I'm going to love it if there's like 10 open orders that no one's filled. Oh, well, it just fills automatically, so. Oh, oh man. Um, I believe yes, if you go to up... ddtwrestling.com forward slash the list, you can see the list. I would tweet it, Jeffrey, but you don't have Twitter. ddtwrestling.com forward slash the list is there. Um, I wonder if we forgot to say that on the list. Although I feel like I said it near the beginning, didn't I? Didn't I say you could go you and did. see the list while we're? But it's 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 the updated one. Trish Stratus is number six. 
Triple H is number seven. You can even go and look at the list to pick from in the women's list. So if somebody, Jeremy, wants to be crazy, Jeremy, and go ahead and look through the list, the mass lists of, to pick from and tell me if I'm missing any names, you know, because I haven't updated it in a while. But yeah, it's right there. DDTWrestling.com forward slash the list there, Jeffrey. You've got it. Our next email comes from Danielle, and it's called Paging Mrs. Manson. So I'll read it if you want to do the paging. I don't know if you prepped this. I did not Um, prep. Um... Hello. Since both of you guys work in education, my first question is when you guys go on holiday break. I'll be free from work and children from December 20th to January 4th. I plan on binge-watching Downton Abbey while also taking my online winter intermission class Introduction to Jazz History. All right. First things first. I've already said mine. What have you officially put your time in yet? What do you? What is your? What are you taking off? I have not officially put my time in. Um, I guess one of the small perks of my fiefdom, as you put it, is that I can really just do whatever I want whenever. See. Yeah. So I think so I'm going to take the oh, week man. of Christmas off, 24th through the 28th. And depending on some other stuff, I may end up taking the following week off as well, the 31st to the 4th. So maybe two weeks there. Okay. Do you have big New Year's plans? I think we're heading up north. No, we we have no plans. Okay. We will get some Chinese food and a bottle of bubbly and fall asleep at 930, and that will be that. Yeah. There's there's a a bed and breakfast we like to stay in up in Maine, and uh, we're looking into going. And the restaurant we were thinking of going to to celebrate New Year's closes at 9. And I was like, come on, why isn't it open later? And my wife looked at me and said, do you really think you're going to be up past 9 o'clock? And I was like, no. <laughs> uh, what's the strangest – because this, this brings up a lot of questions. What's the randomest gen ed class you had to take in college? Randomest? Because introduct- – I'm assuming Danielle – is not planning on majoring in jazz history. This is probably meeting some sort of gen ed requirement. I I don't feel like I took any random gen eds. I took French cinema. Yeah. I took like intro and, to drama, but like I don't think that's that random. I had an interest in in theater and yeah. you know, so No, I took French I took French cinema because it met I think like an art requirement. And I figured since I took French, I might have some understand. I think I watched like Amelie <laughs> and like a couple of other movies. Okay, yeah. But yeah, have you seen Downton Abbey? I've seen. I've seen all of the first two seasons and part of season three. Um, yeah, I've, I think I've seen the entire thing, but I, I remember really, there comes a point. Really, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not yeah. going to spoil it. But there comes a point where I re- like I literally got up and like just threw the remote down and walked away and was like, forget this show. If, if that's how you're going to go, forget this show. Yeah, I, uh, I really, really like uh, season one. I, I'm mm-hmm. a big I'm a big buff of that sort of era. And I think that that show, you know, was intriguing and did it well. But season two with with the with the war going on just felt like an entire season of spinning its wheels. And it felt like nothing. It really did. It felt like nothing happened. I understand. I just I, I find it funny that 
that's that's a big thing for you, be it wrestling or other entertainment medium. Stuff's got to happen. Like move forward, develop characters. I don't know, but yeah. yeah, it just it just felt completely stagnant for an entire season. And I think it was season three. Something happened where I was like, okay, yeah, you lost me. And then I just um, I never got back into it like I was season one. Who was your favorite character? Uh, Master Bates, I would say. <laughs> I guess he's not a master. He's just Mr. Bates, right? Bates, but yeah. Bates. Okay. You don't like him? No, I do. I just, A, I just laughed at, at the joke. And then I had to remember who Bates was. And then I was like, yeah, I could see that being the character you would go for. Who's your uh, favorite I'm character? Maggie Smith. Of course. Really? Sure. Crazy old lady. Sure. All right. I'd have to, I'd have to think about it. Um, yeah, I'd have to I'd have to ponder. Oh no, no, um, not Bates, the older Butler. Okay. Yep. I forget his name. His name yes, he was me. good too. Yeah. All right. Back to Danielle's email. This past Friday, I read my daily email from the Penny Hoarder. They are the one organization I'll actually read daily emails from. On Friday, they sent a full email dedicated to dogs. I was going to forward the email to you guys, but I decided to just share some of what the email was about. And then she posts a link to PetSmart giving away free photos with Santa. And then the definition of a dog musher. Noun. The person who guides a team of sled dogs as they pull a sled or rig over snow or terrain. It's an activity that dates back thousands of years, but is still practiced today. While these days, dog mushing is most often done for sport or as a tourist attraction, in some places it is still a necessary means of travel. So this brings a few questions. Number one, has Oscar gone and taken photos with Santa, and will he be taking any photos this year? Um, I'm sure we will be taking more photos this year, uh, but no, he has not taken any photos with Santa. I don't imagine he'd do well with that. He might be okay. It's hard to say. He's very okay. friendly. He's very cuddly, but um, I don't know. Hard to say. My dogs in Texas don't like traveling away from the ranch, so no holiday photos for the dogs. Number two, would you guys ever consider being a dog musher or having a side gig working with dogs? Um, Yeah, I would love to have like a doggy daycare or something if it was infinitely funded and I didn't have to worry about running my own business. I would love to. I, yeah, I love dogs. I love dogs. Absolutely. Sure. Um, I, I did know about dog mushers. I've taught the Balto book enough times to know about that and watch Survivor Man and such. I don't know if I'd want to be a dog musher because those dogs are pretty aggressive. Yeah, I mean, but, I probably wouldn't be a dog musher only because I don't like the cold that much. And I feel like dog mushers, I mean, the only place where it's a necessary means of travel is a place where you need a sled. I could wrestle a polar bear. Thanks for all the laughs in the newest episode of The List, Danielle. People are loving that The List is back. I just want to point out, she said paging Mrs. Manson. And admittedly, the email is about dogs, but nothing in here was addressed to Mrs. Manson. True. That's why I didn't actually send her a text. Sorry, Danielle. Okay, then. That's okay. (laughs) Mrs. Manson will respond when she listens as she's making the chocolate fudgy peanut, no, not peanut, peppermint cookies for me. Our next email comes from Brandon Banks, the DDT Awards. Since it seems the DDT Awards will be somewhat going away from wrestling categories, and you were contemplating about new non-wrestling categories, how about having some awards that are literally 
DDT Awards. Best Episode of the Year. Best Segment of the Year. Best Storyline of the Year. <laughs> Best Host, Co-Host, or Guest. I mean, those are all me. Maybe even Most Memorable Death on the Show. Also me! I think I died this year, right? That was this yeah. year. Yeah, so it's totally yeah. me. Sorry, Stephanie. I Bethany, did a podcast Beverly, with the ghost uh, with the ghost of Doc Manson. What's that? I did a podcast with the ghost of Doc Manson. That's right. For a while. Uh, whatever you guys do come up with will be great as always. Thanks for bringing back the list. I've already started writing up my reconciliation email. Keep up the work. Sent from my iPhone. I I understand. I got uh, I had told Jeremy who's going to be sending us a piece of the next email in the queue. Um, but I told him that, you know, we ranked hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert and uh, Jimmy Garvin. And he got a little nervous. I forgot to mention that we lumped him with the free birds and that the free birds made it into the top 25. He felt much better, <laughs> but uh, he, we're going to get an email from him about Eddie Gilbert, which is, is what I'm going for. All right. And so I, like I, this I think idea. it would be interesting. I like this idea of literal DDT awards. The only problem is, well, it's the problem is twofold. One, I don't remember like anything that comes out of my mouth the moment after it's out of my mouth. So to actually sure. create like you know a list of best episode, best segment, that would be very I think difficult for me to do. And mm-hmm. and the second part of this is there's I feel like there's only one person in existence who actually could put together these categories for us. And thanks to you, DC, uh, Pav no longer listens to this show. So is that is that confirmed? I don't think Do we it's have confirmed. confirmation. No, but I, I'm, I'm we haven't guessing. gotten any we haven't gotten emails in a while. Um, I've noticed. I don't believe he follows me on Twitter anymore. Well, I did and, notice uh, that he's no longer a patron. I blame you. I will take the bad blame DC on that. Matthews. What would you have me do? Should I just should I just let our podcast be taken over by whomever wants to, you know, oh, I'm doing it for the show. Okay, make yourself the focal point of the next three months. And yeah, we're doing it for the show. Because, you know, you brought all sorts of viewers to the show by impersonating other people and stealing their identities. Yeah. Bad DC. Yeah, thanks for that. Bad. I, I feel, I do feel a small amount of guilt. But then I start talking about it, and I'm like, I should have called the police. I should have called the police. <sighs> Jeremy, save us <laughs> with your subject line, impersonating a podcast. Many of us are aware of Jason Maltov's proclivity for certain celebrity impressions. His ghost of Dusty Rhodes, Seth Rollins, and celebrity heterosexual Todd Chrisley impersonations never fail to impress. Do either of you gentlemen do any impressions? I'd love to hear you both cut a promo on a topic of your choosing in the voice of someone else. Or if you do not have a celebrity impression in your arsenal, how about cutting a promo on yourself in the voice of your co-host? Uh, I think we know what happens when I try to make my voice do anything. It just doesn't work. If I try to do an accent, I just begin traveling the globe not by choice. That's fair. I'm just 
I mean, I think I do a pretty mean Casey Kasem, even though yeah. Jason Molotov has publicly humiliated me for say- and saying that that impression is terrible on his own podcast. Um, and let me think. What else? What else? I think I do a pretty mean Scooby-Doo. Mm, and that's about it. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I am known in the classroom as someone who does a lot of voices because my audience is seven year olds who don't know what good voices sound like. So when there's a guy who looks like me, who talks in crazy voices, it's funny for a while. So I, yeah, I, I hate to disappoint you. Do I do any impress? No. I do no impressions at all, I don't think. This is my impression of DC Matthews. I don't think he actually sounds this dumb, but it's all basically the only way I can get my voice this low. You calling me Lenny from My <laughs> Like I said, I don't actually think you're that dumb, but I'm not sure how else to get that bass in my voice because I am not in that lower <laughs> register like you are. Yeah, I'm trying to think like, I guess I could try to... Yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, I could really be I'd be just really excited about, you know, God, the Godzilla movies coming out and he's going to be fighting all be these angrier, other though. people. Ooh. I'll have to work on that. You have that. to be Maybe happy about to... Godzilla, but also angry about it at the same time. That's the key to Doc Manson. <laughs> that... You want to know my secret? <laughs> I'm always angry, or whatever that was. Um, yeah, no, that's exactly it. Oh, that's yes. my favorite line for that. That's my favorite line for that entire movie. Um, what do you think of the Godzilla movie? While we're on the subject, uh, I look very forward to it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my name is DC Matthews, said I think Godzilla is for children. Maybe one episode we'll just switch roles. <laughs> Nobody will know. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> and I just don't understand why they're spinning their wheels and just... Somebody do He's something! got my number! <laughs> uh, right. But yeah, no, I think the Godzilla trailer looks really good. I'm really excited that they're actually going to bring in other known kaiju for the film. It looks like Rodan and Mothra and King Ghidorah mm-hmm. are all going to be making appearances. I think it looks great. Uh, the special effects are good. It's not my favorite kind of Godzilla film. Even that first Godzilla film... Well, not the first, but, you know, that that last one, the last American Godzilla film is not necessarily my cup of tea. I like Godzilla being, you know, an angry sort of force of nature or evil or the, that, that, that sort of that, that monster versus man storyline. I like that version of Godzilla a lot. And so this last version of the film of Godzilla, they very much painted him as sort of like a protector of humanity. Which has never been my favorite version of Godzilla, but regardless, it's Godzilla. He breathes atomic fire. Uh, he stomps around in cities, so I am pleased, pretty much no matter what. Yeah. No, I saw I saw that it was coming out, and I was like, oh, Doc's going to be happy. I, I, I actually really like the design the of time. Mothra. For a change, I think Mothra looks good, like, more like how a moth actually looks um, less cartoony, less cutesy and more just the actual. So I, this is the first, I think Mothra design that I've ever been able to look at and been like, all right, 
I can get behind that. So, yeah. And King Ghidorah is just awesome. I think I do think King Ghidorah will probably um, put some people off from the film. And, you know, a three-headed dragon with, with giant wings and two tails. I'm not sure if that's exactly what the American design looks like. But I, I do think that that's a little more fantastic than a giant lizard, a giant moth, and a pterodactyl. So, like, I don't know if that's going to be you know, off-putting to a, a mainstream American audience. They don't tend to be quite as intoned with some of those more mythical beast-type creatures. But I, That's weird to me, because I would think, like, the more fantastic, the better in this instance. Yeah, I mean, I would hope so. Right I, think, I, think, I think American audience have shown that they like dragons, pretty much no matter what they look like. So I think, I think King Ghidorah can hang. He's definitely my favorite villain from the of all time from the, the Godzilla series. Um, so, actually, so I don't know if he's my favorite, but he's definitely the most prominent. What is Godzilla then? What do you mean? Is he a, vi- is he a villain? Like what, what, what is sometimes he, he's gone okay. back and forth so many times. He's, he's a villain in the original films. Um, he goes on to be, you know, a protector of humanity and through some of like those sixties and seventies friend of the children, Godzilla teaming up with Jet Jaguar and destroying evil oh, monsters. Jet Jaguar. Um, you know, so oh, like he's Jaguar. had different phases. He came back in nineteen eighty four, evil again, and then he sort of through the uh, through that series of films, he um you know, he, he sort of goes from being evil to more just a force of nature, where he's, he's sort of more like a hurricane, where he's not evil per se, he just is destruction. And all you can really do, as again, as humanity, is get out of his way. You know what I mean? Um, and sometimes he does sort of good things in the process, but not always. Sometimes he does horrible things in the process. But I will say the cast... Like, you know, I was thinking about the fact that, like, sometimes I'm like, why do you even put humans in this movie? But they got, like, Ken Watanabe. They got another, I think, what's her name? CC Pounder or CCH Pounder. They got some, like, Sear, the guy from Friday Night Lights. They got, like, a good cast for this movie. I mean, yeah, honestly, the best monster movies always have excellent human stories. The monsters are there for the action, but the monsters are never at least in my opinion, are, should never be the focus of the story. Usually it's a weak film if they are the focus. You need to have some sort of human element, some sort of story motivation propelling you through the monster action. Typically, mm-hmm. uh, the best films, anyways, have that formula. So, I'll, I'll say this. I'm not usually a big fan of the popcorn disaster kind of, you know, the movie you gotta see in the theater sort of thing. Yep. Now, granted, I didn't have the sound on for that, but I just watched the trailer. It's pretty good. I think it looks good. I like the Godzilla's. I like the Godzilla's scales were like electrified. Is that that's supposed to be part of it, right? They glow. Right? Yeah, that's pretty common. All right, that's a common uh, right. visual motif of Godzilla's. Yes. Our next email comes from Bosk DC and Dodd. There is no subject. DC and Doc. All righty, here we go. A category for DDT awards: best holiday food or flavor. Ooh. And then he gives us. Uh, Options, pumpkin spice everything, canned cranberry sauce, stuffing, chocolate, coconut, cream pie, or other. I would go with stuffing since I could not find a substitute for the other things. Also, Doc, there needs to be a Shocktober category. By the way, maybe I missed it. Did you see The Void? Yes, I did see The Void. That was one, of my, uh, that was one of my Shocktober films this year, actually. 
I think. Great first act and practical effects. However, it tried to become Hellraiser by the end and rushed. Still good. Thoughts? Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Great practical effects. Um, I liked the storyline. I really did like those effects. I see what you're saying with the uh, Hellraiser sort of connotations. I, I, I got... Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm always, I'm always down for a cosmic horror, Lovecraftian sort of vibe, and I, I thought that film did it very well. Um, Here's a question, because the name Lovecraft has shown up a lot, and I've, I've seen. Things. Has there been a seminal Lovecraft movie, like the Cthulhu? Mm, not strictly speaking. There have been some movies that I would consider quite good that are at least loosely based on Lovecraft's actual works. Um, I think the best is probably Reanimator, um, but that's a Lovecraft short story. But I will say, outside of the basic premise of you know being able to bring someone back to life in some character names, there there's really is no similarity between the plots of the works. Um, so I suppose my question is, why is that? Because, like, it's, you know, it, it's not necessarily mainstream, but a good amount of people know at least the character of Cthulhu. Yeah. And, you know, why hasn't there been a movie made set in that universe? Um, I think it's because it's a difficult sell um, to to movie makers. For the most part, Lovecraft is very much psychological horror. So if you were going to do something that was true to the spirit of the work, I think it would be a relatively slow burn type of film, which may not have a mass audience appeal. However, to also then correctly do the more the, the cosmic elements of the story, that would require a decent amount of special effects, which would require a large budget. So I think those two things combined, a slow burn, not really mainstream appealing, mostly film that requires a huge special effects budget is just not something that most Hollywood, or really any Hollywood companies have been able to. I mean, for a while there, um, Del Toro was shopping around his treatment for, um, uh, what is the name of it? Uh, hmm. I'm, I'm I'm losing the name. Um, well, supposedly, while mountains you're of it madness. Up. I think at the mountains of madness, and but yeah, and that was that looked like a great story. I heard some things, negative things about the script, but again, it, it basically came down to nobody wanted to fund it. Um, I have heard that Guillermo del Toro has something like sixteen scripts yep. that he has written um, for various. You know, for various projects that have never been made, and they're just basically sitting in a drawer somewhere. That would this seems like this would be kind of his thing because I I watched an episode of Tabletop, the gaming show. Um, they played a game called Elder Sign, which was set in the the Lovecraft universe, and just just in watching the game be played, I was like, well, this is very interesting. Yeah, Del Toro. Uh, wrote, the studio is very nervous about the cost and it not having a love story or a happy ending. But it's impossible to do either of these things in the Lovecraft universe. And yeah, that's pretty much sums it up. <laughs> it's not palatable okay. to a mainstream Fair audience. Fair enough. Fair enough, fair enough. Back to Bosk's email. Anywho, wrestling again is still fun. Looking forward to TLC. 
Sometimes the gimmick pay-per-view seems forced and loses the impact, but the matchup seemed good. I would second the thought about the cruiserweights on the main roster. Ali versus Brian was very good. I was going to save this for the piece of positivity for the week, but I'm actually going to replace that with something else. Um, yeah, Mustafa Ali wrestled Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. So, like, the cool. cruiserweights are starting to slowly... I thought the cruiserweights were exclusive to Raw. Not anymore, apparently. Huh. Best to you and yours. Keep up the good work. Bosk sent from my big red sled phone. Oh, the sled phones. Lovely. Glenn is back. His title this time, DDT Awards 2018. Answering the call to arms. As a new category, I would suggest the Bo Dallas Award for the strangest disappearance of a wrestler in 2018. My nomination being Bray Wyatt. Twice. Thanks, Glenn. Works for me? Yep. I think if we if we really wanted to do this, we need to do this DDT Awards. We just staff it out. Like we're gonna do whatever categories you send us. <laughs> so we'll keep we'll keep the specific ones, the core ones for us. But I like I said, I was looking at the the uh, the categories from last year. A lot of them we can keep. I think Forest had a good one. The best holiday food or flavor. I think that one's gonna make sure. the list. Well, and I think it'll be interesting because I believe. I believe GQ will will be taking part in at least some of this until he goes and has to help a random relative in need and disappears for six hours. But, uh, all right. It's the ultimate warrior, Ryan, TLC. Hi, guys. If you, DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews, and you, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, had the opportunity to change the items TLC stands for, what three items would you choose? I think I'd go with Terminators, Lasers, and Clams. Why clams? I mean, have you ever had a laser-roasted clam? Me either, but it sounds delicious, like something The Miz would have in his limo. Anyway, your turn. Happy Holidays, Ryan at Warrior MN. Continues to be, for my money, possibly the funniest guy on Twitter. Just saying. Um... Hmm. I would just, like I said, well, you said I said it early in the tender show. Tender love and care. Tender love and care, and I just have everybody hug each other for the whole show. They come out to would the ring, they exchange. Would a, you have a heart-shaped bed like the Edge and Lita? No, no, they would just, ex- you know, they, they'd shake hands, exchange a warm greeting, give each other a hug. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll have some light massaging going on. Whoa. And then, you know, they return to the back and we move on to the next matchup. I'm going to go with uh, Tortellini. Linguini and Chianti, and it is an Italian uh, food fight. All right. That works. All right. Our next email comes from, we got two from our our good buddy Kev. This one says, first time emailer, which is not true, but okay. Good evening, chaps. I do hope all is well in the world of DDT. I am a first time emailer to your wonderful podcast. (laughs) which I've been accustomed to listening to whilst working in the mines in deepest, darkest Wales. Whilst chipping away with my pickaxe under candlelight, I was chuckling away listing about superheroes from last week listening, what I wouldn't give to have a superpower to make me super strong and not lose stamina whilst digging deeper. I was wondering, though, I go to the gym to work on my strength and have been summoned by a naked man in the changing rooms after I've been to the toilet. Stand up. No gluten issues here. 
asking about my life goals whilst the man is drying his sweaty nether regions. Should I maintain eye contact at all times, or should I pretend to be admiring the doctor with blue lockers and wooden... Oh, <laughs> admiring the, the decor, decor. <laughs> with blue lockers and wooden benches? Please help me, as it's not the first time I've been in these sticky situations with semi-naked men. I will not give my Skype number out again. Many thanks at V underscore A underscore P not sent from Kim's Kev's iPhone seven plus. Oh, I love you, Kevin. Um, this I've only been sort of briefly checking in with that. Find your happy chat. This might actually be a situation that Pav reported to the group. I can't quite I can't say for sure without going back and looking. Part of me wants you to invite me back to that chat just to make it awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um I would maintain eye contact. Yeah. Yeah, I think if if you're looking anywhere but it's just going to be awkward, but keep it, you know, shoulder shoulder and up. Do you go to the gym? I think you'll be fine. Not nearly as often as I should, and by that I mean no. Would you ever just get naked in a gym locker room? I was a high school wrestler. I have taken showers in a high school uh, locker room with uh, five or six other wrestlers and then coaches also, which is awkward Uh, now that I think about it. I bet you that doesn't happen anymore. Probably not. Mm. But – but yeah, no, I've 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 done it. It's not fun. Hmm. But okay, so you've done it, but would you do it again? Um I think between between the the experience of being a wrestler and being a camp counselor, I am pretty good at being able to change whilst still being draped in a towel. <laughs> okay. So you get off on a technicality. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. So uh but yeah, what about you? What's what's your policy? You're more of a workout fiend than I am. Um, probably just get in the car, go home, shower there. Uh, there were days that I did that, but uh, but yeah, sometimes you just want to get that funk off you. And yeah, that's fair. If it, if it means feeling bad about yourself in front of a group of your peers, then. Because I'm telling you, there there was a guy on my team named Dan, and he should have gone into the movie business. Because what kind of movie business? The kind of movie business that requires an anaconda, because Jesus. So, sci-fi channel movies? He's his own personal Sharknado. I see. Uh, Kevin emailed again, subject line, I asked about weeing as an invisible superhero before you, I'm not saying that word. Before you talked. Before you talked about ejecting, that's not what it says, inside one. (laughs) What's up, fellas? Sorry, I'm not a first timer after seeing DC's tweet, but it reminded me to email. As what I hope to be a DDT bestie, I hope I can still contribute to a baker's dozen. Last week was very funny. 
I was rocking, I was walking around the local supermarket laughing to myself, listening to the podcast. First time in a long time, all the crap I've been dealing with drifted away. With that, I want to thank you both, Mrs. Manson, Glenn, Pav, if he even still listens, Danielle, and the other contributors to what I deem as the highlight of my weekly podcast downloads i like to we are honored indeed i like to think if you listening to a podcast you're never on your own whilst listening to ddt i'm in my happy place and it's not just a podcast it's a friendship peace out mic drop kev what a great email thank you kev i i hope that i hope that yes i you know i I do hope that we are able to let some people forget about their, you know, their lives for a bit, good or bad, forget about whatever stressors are going on, the holiday craziness, and just listen to two random people be ridiculously dumb for an hour and a half, and then move on with your lives. I will say, we haven't talked about any cream pies this week. Oh, that's not true. We did talk about the coconut chocolate cream pie in that previous email. Okay. We did. Our last email of the week comes from Mitchell. A little response from last week. So a few thoughts from what we had talked about last week. I can recognize how when when the email is mine. The first thing is... When paragraphs. The first thing is, is I was not referring to any one specific change or situation, rather multiple with multiple people. Of course. However, I'm sure you're aware of at least one of them. Yes, we are. The second thing is, I was coming from more of a philosophical perspective than a religious perspective when I spoke of the importance of worldview and conviction. It may not seem like it, but we all have a worldview. Fundamental things we believe about the world and believe are important that shape the way we make decisions. True. I'm a nihilist. You actually believe you're a nihilist? You believe in nothing? I've never seen you stab anyone because if like because if, if you know while while there's a difference between nihilism and anarchy, like I would think if you were an actual nihilist, like you would you would go to Moe's and get a burrito and just take it and say thank you and walk away with you know I don't know nihilism maybe, maybe I'm... is the rejection of all religious and moral principles in the belief that life is meaningless. So now that you've read that, do you are you a nihilist? Uh, no, I guess not because I don't reject all moral principles. Um, yeah, I, I I might reject a good portion of well, and it's not the religious principles. Like I I don't particularly feel like any religions got it right. I reject the dogma but, of most religions, but I think yeah. the gist is there for all of it. And that sort of all goes back to those moral principles. I think. Yeah. But what's your take on is life meaningless? Well, that is a complicated subject. I think I can equivocally say that life is not meaningless if you find meaning in life. I know that sounds wow. a little counterintuitive, but but in fairness, no. um like I don't I, I do think that this is it. Like if that's what you're talking about, is life meaningless? Is all this for naught? Is there no afterlife? All that yeah, I don't believe in any of that. I think we're here for our short time, and that's it. After that, it's lights out. Our energy goes back to the universe through the process of entropy, and we cease to be. Every last bit of us 
ceases to be. There is no trace of you left other than whatever it is that you leave behind in the physical world that others are able to see. Um, so, can you leave behind a legacy? Yes. Can your family remember you as a good man? Yes. Does that have meaning to them? Yes. But it doesn't change the fact that you're just gone. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So it depends on your I perspective, the, I guess. Well, and I think in the grand scale, if we consider the actual age of the world, the little, like you said, the little blip that is DC and Doc, yeah, again, I, I don't like to use the word meaningless, but compared to six and a half or however many billion years that, you know, this rock has been spinning around. Right. But, you know, at the same yeah. time, Kev Johnson just wrote in and said that listening to our podcast, uh, uh, you know, makes him forget about the crap he's dealing mm -hmm. with. So, well, and that's it. We that's what I'm saying. There's, there's, no. there's, and maybe this is what, this is what, uh, Mitchell means about the worldview. If I take the worldview as the entire history of Earth, then yes, everything right now is meaningless. Sure. From politics to religion. Perspective. All of yeah. it. However, if we shrink it down, it is, it is exactly what you said. I don't believe it's counterintuitive at all. Life is what you make it. The meaning that you find in life is what gives your life meaning. There is a part of me that has found a deep meaning in the past 150 some odd episodes of recording this show with you because it has led to, we started with a website that led to Twitter. Then we had emails. We're getting emails from people all over the world, you know, talking about our show and talking about the stuff that we've created together. So yeah, this DC Matthews has a great meaning to me. Sure. And I hope a meeting to other people. But, um, all right, where were we on the email? Ah, yes. Fundamental things we believe about the world and believe are important to shape the way we make decisions. Yeah. So, you, oh, that's right, because that's when you said you were a nihilist. So you don't believe that life is actually meaningless. You're just rejecting. If you treat nihilism as I reject everything, because you're not even saying that you're an atheist or you're agnostic. It's just all of it's... Bupkis, if you will. Basically. All right. And true, I still my believe worldview in being, you know, a good moral person. I don't yes. think there's any reason to put people out for the sake of putting them out. And true, my worldview and conviction so may be easier to... Putting people out just to put them out. Yeah, you know, edgelord, all that. <laughs> there's a diff... There... There is, in its own way, a certain morality to that. Is there? Because you've said many times that you mock the people that you love. True. The people that you don't <laughs> have a lot of respect for, you don't give the time of day to be an edgelord to. True. And so there, there you have a you have a code in that. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy code. this person. Yes, I enjoy this person. I respect this person. So according to the Doc Manson code, I shall be a dick to that person. <laughs> that sounds accurate. <laughs> That's it. Now, having said that, had I known the Doc Manson code way back in 2001, 2002, I'm not sure that would have jived with the DC Matthews code, which was, hey, I love everyone. 
Let's go to the dining hall. That, that you know. I don't know if you remember this, but in 2001, we were not friends. No, we were not. That's true. All right, and tr- all right. I keep forgetting where we are. And true, my worldview and conviction may be easier to struggle with, since it is more comprehensive. But don't take something like empathy and kindness for granted. True. Those are both a huge part of my convictions. But when I struggled knowing what I believed at all, I struggled with both of those as well. And when you struggle with that, you realize just how important empathy and kindness can be. And finally, when Doc mentioned that compromise is a good thing, and both people should seek to compromise, I suppose that's my fault, because I used the word in two different senses. But when I mentioned that I shouldn't compromise my belief, I mean in the sense that one would say, a building has been compromised. The definition that is, cause to become vulnerable, or function less effectively. Hope all is well. Okay. So, I guess what he was saying is he shouldn't sac... Well, yeah. I guess he shouldn't cause his belief to, as he put it, function less effectively for the sake of someone else. This is a very difficult thing to talk about in the hypothetical without going into specifics. And I don't want to go into specifics since we don't know any. Again, I can make assumptions, but... I don't want to do that. Fair. So. But I will say, uh, you know, for somebody with whatever worldview I have, uh, you know, I think I think out there in the world, people, I don't think it's so common w- with our generation, but I do think that, you know, certainly people, there was a time when people said, oh, you're not religious, you you don't have a moral compass, you, you don't understand kindness or that was the assumption they would make about you you know what i mean and it's funny because i would say that i am an incredibly empathetic person um and i i agree with mitchell that you know empathy and kindness go a long way um i would say that if i had a worldview uh that's it empathy and kindness just a little bit go a long Mm -hmm. way well and i i think there's nothing wrong with building your entire worldview on that. You know, it's whatever it's the, the Will Wheaton going back to the guy who hosts Tabletop, don't be a dick. Like, be a good person. And that's really all you need to do. And again, we can go historically to the notion that a lot of these religions were built on the fact that you needed to teach those people. You know, there were lessons that needed to be taught in order to be a good and moral person. And in some cases, in desperate times, you needed a story, a parable to go with those lessons. But, yeah, be a good person and send us some emails. Podcast at DDTWrestling.com. Speaking of good persons, that brings me to my piece of positivity for this week. False. That brings us to our piece of positivity for this week. Oh. Because you were not the only one to get that DM. (laughs) DM? Oh, maybe you were going to do it just on your own. I had to have Mrs. Manson remind me in order for me to do it. Do what? Maybe it's more yours than mine. What? What is your piece of positivity? What's yours? Because I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, It's somebody's birthday soon. Oh. Oh, that's not what you're talking about. Never mind. I was going to say, speaking of good people, uh, my piece of positivity from this week is the show Happy, 
which is not about a very good person at all. Uh, have you seen this show? It was a it was a uh, sci-fi channel show based on the comic book series. Um, it's about this. This is the one with some invisible creature. Yes, right? it, it's uh, okay. Chris. What's his name? Is Elijah from, Wood? What's that? This is not the one with Elijah Wood, though. No, no. This is okay. what's that guy's name from SVU? Christopher. Oh yeah, I know. I don't remember his name, but I know. Yeah, who he up. Uh, he plays Nick Sachs. Which is like an he's an ex cop turned hitman type terrible person, alcoholic, you know, uh, whatever. And he suddenly begins seeing this imaginary friend uh, named Happy, who is a blue uh, Pegasus unicorn, voiced by Patton Oswald. And yes, basically the imaginary friend is real having seeked having sought out uh nick to help him rescue uh his his daughter who has been uh kidnapped and so it's this ridiculous series it's incredibly violent there's a it's fairly it's fairly visceral in its violence as well there's a, a fair bit of gore i would say although again this is a cable television show so it's not like it's it's over the top but it's not like you know disgusting um but sure. it's definitely over the top and it's just really fun watching uh you know the actor who's normally very straight laced sort of be playing this unhinged unglued sort of guy uh Patton Oswalt i always find entertaining um I like yeah, that. Yeah, and honestly, like I just ate this series up. I, it's only eight episodes. I devoured it in probably about two or three nights, and uh, it's been renewed for a season two. I'm probably going to pick up the comic books because I really did quite enjoy it. Um, I, so, yeah, happy exclamation point. It's on Netflix currently. I would recommend checking it out. All right. I, I really thought you were going in the same direction I was thinking. Um, friend of the podcast, guest on the podcast – and if DDT Wrestling were to have a third man, uh, it would be GQ. And according to Mrs. Manson, uh, his birthday is officially tomorrow. We knew that it was sometime in December. GQ likes not mentioning his birthday. He likes kind of letting it just kind of go by the wayside. I think it's because he's older than the two of us by about four months. And he doesn't like remembering Isn't he like that. four years older than us, I thought? I thought no. he was considerably older. Like, you know, like, isn't he, like, in his 60s now? I think that's I'm pretty sure. Man. This is what I'm talking about. I love you. <laughs> I care for you. I shall be a dick. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, yes, uh, GQ, happy birthday, dear hey, friend. Happy 29th. We look forward to sitting down with you in just a couple of weeks uh, to record the DDT Awards. We will be grateful for any time you can spare. I know GQ, that you could you have... start putting together some categories for us? Because I, <laughs> I really don't think we're going to do it. Um, you know, I know you have a, a beautiful family. I have your, uh, your Christmas card up somewhere. So... Uh, Yes, all the best to you and your beautiful wife and your beautiful kids. And uh, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mr. President. I'm not singing that. Oh, no? No, you can do that. 
Anything else you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that good night? If you'd like to have your thoughts right on the show, you can do so by sending an email to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You can listen to all of our episodes as well as episodes of the list by going to ddtpod.com or by going to your podcast repository of choice, including Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT wrestling to throw just a few bucks to our way. It helps keep the lights on and the podcast going. One of these days you're going to think to record that and then you can end the show two minutes before I do. Yeah, probably. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Uh, Enjoy TLC this weekend, folks. And until we meet again, my friends, Won't you be our bestie? Happy birthday, GQ.